Welcome to Riding on Caffeine, the podcast where you can come along on a journey with a father and daughter as we attempt to write our first novels. I am Jonathan Franzone, and this is my daughter. Hi, I'm Reagan, also Franzone. We are meeting again at Coffee Break Cafe, and we are drinking caffeine this morning. Uh, this morning, I am drinking a hot Milton, is what they call it. It is an espresso, steamed milk, chocolate, caramel, and topped with whipped cream. And what are you drinking this morning, Reagan? Today, I am drinking a French toast latte, I believe. It's a white, or maybe it's a mocha. I think it's a white chocolate mocha with cinnamon and maple. That sounds yummy. It is actually very good. I tend to veer more towards winter drinks, but this one's good. So this is episode two of our podcast. Last time we talked about why we wanted to write a novel, and today I thought we would tackle the topic of accountability. As you know, it's very hard to write a novel, and one of the most difficult things I've found is actually writing. Yeah, that's definitely the hardest part. So one of the ways that we can ensure that we actually put words on the paper is through accountability. So what do you think about accountability? What does that mean to you? And what are some things that you have tried? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, writing group is, I think, a good accountability. We get together bi-weekly. We usually talk about what are you going to work on today? And when we see each other throughout the weeks, we usually say things like, hey, have you been working on anything? Or I did a little bit of outlining today or things like that. I keep a writing journal, so it's just kind of like a notebook that I drew one of those little thermometer things in with word counts so I can hit the bare minimum word count, can see my progress. I write down how many words I write whenever I do a writing session. I have my character profiles in there and my outlines. Yeah, that's great. Tell me a bit a bit more about your writing journal. Um, you're very creative artistically. You mm-hmm. like to draw. So how did you format your writing journal? I started the cover page just with actually the words writing journal. And I put a start And I put the the day that I started writing the novel, and then I put a blank end so I can, you know, look back at it and see how long it took me. And then the second page is my little thermometer with my word counts on it. So what what is your target word count? Right now my target is 50,000 words. That's good. Which I feel like is kind of an average book size. My next section is the the days in every month, and I'll highlight the day that I did any work on the book, and then below it I can write outline work or how many words I wrote for my draft. After that, I have chapter outlines. Actually, I think I have character profiles. So my two main characters I've kind of profiled and wrote a little bit about just so I can have them handy. And then I have my outline pages, which are condensed from the outlines I have on my laptop into kind of a checklist type situation of the major plot points I want to hit for each chapter. That's good. 
So you mentioned our writing group. Um, so we started our own writing group a while back. What's it been, two years or one year? Uh, I, I want to say it's been one year because two years sounds really bad for still being drafting the first one. It does sound bad. One. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, it, I think it's been one year. So I had the idea that you and I could just we meet on a Saturday and write for half an hour and then discuss writing for half an hour. When we've done that, it's been extremely helpful because mm-hmm. at least for that one day, you're getting words on the paper and then also encouraging somebody else to write and to help you keep writing. Yeah. Now we took a little bit of a break after we first started. We did it for several months and then fell off the bandwagon and then we've been doing it again for I think it's several months again. Yeah. Uh, but this time we added the dimension of trying to do a podcast as well. Um, so this is sort of a crowdfunded accountability. I feel like accountability to strangers is almost easier than accountability to someone you know. Right. Because with someone you know you can like make an excuse like, oh I was working late or I've been really tired and you know how I how I am or whatever. And then strangers, it's just like, no podcast today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So this is our second episode. I've heard statistics that most podcast attempts will fail before they hit the eighth episode. So if you can make it to eight episodes, then there's a good chance that you'll continue going. So we'll see. Here's to eight. One other thing that I've attempted was an online writing group. It was a subscription-based writing group, but there was a $1 trial, so I thought $1 is pretty cheap. I can afford that to try this group. It had some educational-type things about writing, but mainly there was this writing group that you would sign on. I think it was once a day, and it was for an hour. So you would just sign on that you're there, and there was a live chat. And you would just say, I'm here, and I'm going to work on this. And then everybody would just heads down right. And then at the end of the hour, everybody would sign off with, I wrote this many words, or I did this, Mm. or whatever the case may be. I went to one of them. (laughs) (laughs) And then never back again. So An hour is a commitment. Yes. So obviously I canceled before they started charging me real money. Yeah. (laughs) One dollar for one session. That's that's not too bad. Another accountability method that some people use is called NaNoWriMo, which is... National Novel Writing Month. That's right. And that's actually coming up. It's yes, the November. month of November. That's right. Have you ever done NaNoWriMo? I have an account on NaNoWriMo with like an ongoing project because you can actually sign up and just keep an ongoing project when they're not doing it. And I think I attempted it maybe two years ago and just, I think I wrote 200 words and then it was just gone. I did the same thing. (laughs) I think I'm going to try and do it again this November, but I'm going to lower my expectations for myself. I'm not going to write 5,000 words a day. That's just not something that I have the time or the mental energy to do at this point. But maybe 50 to 100 words a day would be a good goal. Yeah, I think I will do the same as well, just as another method of accountability, just entering the the daily count and trying to get words on the paper every day, I think, would Mm -hmm. be a good thing. 
I think another method of accountability that we've used in the past that I've been kind of slacking off on is social media. Yeah. We both have writing accounts on social media that I I don't think I've updated in quite some time, but I haven't it either. is there. There are some strangers <laughs> there waiting for me like, hello, are you alive still? What's happening? <laughs> you put up a couple of good posts and then you disappeared. What happened? Right. They're interested, but now they're probably not anymore because it's been a hot minute. That's right. We have a friend at church. His name is Austin Brown, and he is actually a published author. He's got, I think, six or seven books published, Mm -hmm. some fiction, some nonfiction. And he listened to our first podcast and gave me some positive feedback on it. And so he, he offered to kind of hold my feet to the fire in an accountability way. And just encourage me to keep writing throughout the year because he's also starting another project. And one of the tips that he gave me after he reached out to me was rule number one was do something every day, even if it's for five to ten minutes. Yeah. And so after he gave me that advice, I didn't do anything for about four days. (laughs) And then I reached back out to him and confessed that I had not done anything and then immediately did something that day. So it's good to have multiple lines of accountability, I think, in your life to help you. Or at least it will be for us mm-hmm. first-time novelists. Yeah. It'd be really great to have him on the podcast at some point, too. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we can have him on sometime and interview him and pick his brain about writing books and uh, what his method is. Yeah. So, wrapping up, what book are you currently reading? Last time, I believe you were reading some C.S. Lewis. Yes. I finished The Magician's Nephew. It was incredible, as it always is. Right now, I am actively reading The Shadow of What Was Lost by James Islington, which is something I came across in a bookstore randomly and the bookstore guy was like, hey, that book is really, really good. You should read it. So picked it up, and it actually is very good. It's a um, fantasy novel about these magic users that can really only abide by generic magic laws, but then they ha- they're ruled by these higher magic wielders who have the ability to, like, tell if you're lying and see the future and the the higher magic users got out of control and they were overthrown by the non-magic wielders oh interesting and so now all these magic wielders are magically bound into this contract where they're not allowed to touch anybody without magic and so they're basically treated like the scum of the earth and anyone who is found to possess those higher magic abilities like seeing if you're lying are executed and stripped of their magic abilities immediately. So (laughs) our protagonist is obviously one of those guys and he's trying to escape being stripped of his ability. Oh, that sounds interesting. I'm also reading still the alloy of law by Brandon Sanderson. That's that one's a struggle for me, but I'm, I'm going to get through it eventually. (laughs) So my struggle is Atlas shrugged by Ayn Rand, which I mentioned last time I have not read any of it since last time. 
another book that I'm currently reading or actually listening to is called is a nonfiction book. It's called Anti Fragile: Things That Gain from Disorder, and it's by Nassim Nicholas Talib. When you ask people what the opposite of fragile is, most people would say something like stable or robust.、Mm-hmm. Um, Talib's argument is that no, that's not actually the case because robust is just a neutral or middle term. The opposite of fragile is anti-fragile,、hmm. and so he posits this concept that we are made stronger by adversity. We are made stronger by randomness and trauma.、Um, obviously, there are limits to that. If there's too much trauma, you die. Right, but. Humans in in general need some level of trauma in order to become better. This is actually the way weightlifting works. You know, if you lift no weights, then you're just weak.、Mm-hmm. But you lift weights that causes trauma to your muscles, and your body has to respond. But it doesn't respond to the level of how much weight you lifted. It actually goes beyond that a little bit. And responds to a greater threat than it experienced,、mm-hmm. and so he takes this concept and he applies it not only to biology but politics, the economy, all sorts of realms. And it's it's very fascinating. I'm not sure what it will do for my writing, but <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us in the second episode of Writing on Caffeine. We hope you'll join us again in two weeks. Please visit the website writingoncaffeine.com, where you can view the show notes and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.